welcome to another edition of the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the podcast where we go through all of the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we get closer and closer to Avengers Infinity War, which is getting here pretty quickly. So usually in this podcast, we go in order. So we've done phase one. We're done with that. But a movie came out a couple of weeks ago that felt necessary to discuss now, and that's Black Panther. So before we get into that, let's introduce the panel. First, as usual, Jake Christie, what is happening, my brother? Uh, nothing much. You know, just excited to talk about Black Panther. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited as well. Also, Jerome Chang, what's going on, my guy? I'm uh, hiding in an office conference room uh, running this pod. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, too. I'm good, too. So also today, we are being joined a couple of guys from Leverage to Chat. Uh, Mariano Bivens will be with us shortly. But with us now, the legend, the man, the myth, talk hoop, Zach Harper. What's happening? We're not doing a Nick Cage movie? <laughs> We're doing Ghost Riders, Ghost Rider Marvel? Uh, it is. It is. Okay. Hey, we... We yeah. may actually get to that at some yeah, point. Yeah, uh, we've long <laughs> okay. discussed what we're going to do once we get to Infinity War. And don't be we're wrong, we're probably... the never-made Superman movie that yeah. should start Nick Cage. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but uh, at, well, after we get through like all like the X-Men and the other Marvel properties, probably like the 115th thing we get to would be Ghost Rider. So we'll have you on for that. There's <laughs> two of them, aren't there? There yes. are two of them. The That's second one, again. Spirit yes. of Vengeance. I actually think the the... The real way to phrase that is there are only two of them. Fair enough. There should be a lot more. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Mariano's in the house. Mariano Bivens from Leverage to Chat. Mariano, what's good in your neighborhood, what's sir? What's going on, bros? Hey, we chilling, man. Yeah. On, on the run, eating. So let's <laughs> let's let's kick this this show off. Black Panther, obviously. A, a huge film, not only in terms of sales, but critically acclaimed, uh, massive reviews, think pieces, Twitter topics. It's all over oh, the man. place. So I guess the first thing that I want to start with is how did this film make you feel when you walked out of the theater? We'll, we'll start with the guests first. Mariano, go ahead. Oh, well, for me, honestly, I just... I wanted I wanted the movie to be longer. Like when I left, I was like, "Damn, that shit is over, yo!" Like it was it was just a great movie. And usually, I'm not really good with like long movies, but that movie did a great job of like like every scene was like something. You know what I mean? Like like everything was something to see. I don't think they really had like any any dead space. You know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't waste any time with it. Um, I thought the scene the cut scenes at the end were amazing. Like the extra scenes were were, were great, especially the last one. Um, yeah, I loved it though, man. That movie was. Jeez, they had a lot of black ass comedy in that movie. Like, not just, not just, not <laughs> right. just black jokes. I'm talking about black ass comedy, like to where, I think everybody in the theater they, they got the jokes, but I was looking around and it was like a couple black people was like, oh shit, okay, like you know what I'm saying? Right. So I loved it, man. I loved it for, for sure. Zach, go ahead. So I, I I've seen it twice. I had two very different experiences. Not to get <laughs> too personal, but the first time I saw it, uh, I wasn't feeling great. So okay. as soon as the movie ended, I needed to I needed to get out of there because uh, I just had I just had some uh, physical stuff to attend to, I will say. So the last like half hour of the movie were pretty torturous for me because I couldn't really concentrate. The second time I saw it, I was able to like really settle in and and view it and enjoy the entirety of the movie. 
Um, so I, so the second time I saw it, I remember thinking like once it was over, I remember thinking like, oh, this is like like everything I thought I I thought about it the first time I saw it like has just been reaffirmed. Like it was just it's a good story. Um, right. Cinematically, it's it's just a brilliant movie. Even though there's like I I think it's tough to do a brilliant movie when there's a lot of CGI involved. Right. Uh, but just the way the way Ryan Coogler um, just breaks everything up, and then I had also in between viewings, I I had seen uh, this like YouTube video of him breaking down the fight scene in the casino. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. and just like seeing with all the high heels and everything. Yeah, the high heels yeah. and like the yeah. the you know the African fat the African flag color like throughout the you know the outfits and everything like. And how that one shot was like from the bottom up into the balcony and then back down and all that. So like being able to to notice all that between viewings, I was able to like look for more of that stuff afterwards. So at, at the second viewing, I just felt like it was such a deeper movie image wise than I had just I had anticipated. Yo, your first your, your first viewing that experience reminds me of um I, I went to my uh, my sister in law's graduation from uh, from Georgia and it was like one of the worst days of my life. Because I had a toothache, and like not because I was I was upset she was graduating. Like I, was, I loved I loved the fact that she was graduating, but it was like the most excruciating. Like I had to drive an hour to Athens, sit, get fine parking, walk through a bunch of people, sit there, do all this loud noise, and literally everybody else is having the time of their life. And I'm like, geez, with this shit in, like yeah, come I, on. I had an ache somewhere else, so yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, Jerome, you go ahead. Uh, I also saw it twice. Um, the first time around, I think I was just going in with all the hype that was going around it because I think I had a few days before being able to watch it and uh, absolutely loved the film. Um, I remember not wanting to read anything about it going in. So then when I was watching it, it felt like such a fresh experience. And then catching so many different things in there that felt like references to other things, I was just like, oh, that's cool. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Like the ancestral plane looking like the Lion King or... Different yeah. things like the gambling scene being kind of like 0070 and then getting to read afterward how it was intentional and then watching the movie again. I really appreciated it. And yeah, I the second viewing around, it was even better than the first. Jake, go ahead. Uh, I saw this movie the Monday after it came out. And um, I almost never see movies the day they premiere. I think I've only seen like one ever the night it premiered. Um, and this, but this is the first one where like Monday. Like, I actually just thinking, when did I see it? Because I'm like, I saw it like a week after it came out, didn't I? And I'm like, no, I saw it three days after it came out. But there was so much built up beforehand that it felt like I was waiting forever to see it. And I saw it like a pretty late showing by myself. And I remember just coming out of the theater just like so satisfied and happy that like I got to experience such a, a joyful movie with people. And that I got to, you know, and it was just, it was a great experience. Um, I have nothing really profound to say, but I just, like, I just have a distinct feeling of being met with the cold New York air as I left the theater and just, like, being <laughs> jo have, feeling joy, like, oh, I'm really glad that I came out on, like, 10 o'clock on a Monday night to see this. I had a similar experience. Uh, I've seen this Wait, Anthony, Anthony, I got a question before yeah. you go into your, uh, thing. Go ahead. Did you wear the Black Panther costume to the showing or did you just wear it at home and take the photos before and then go? Yeah, my wife took the photos and I said I, not, I couldn't go like that because that costume is too goddamn hot, man. I put <laughs> I, I put that shit on and 
And as soon I was in it for like two minutes, and she wanted me to do a whole bunch of poses and stuff. I was like, Nah, man, let's just get this done, over with. Yeah. Because I got to get out found of you it. In a, they Yo, would found you in your seat, passed out. <laughs> Yo, that sweat is real, man. But um, but yeah, nonetheless, I walked out of that film. Just, I think to Jake's point, just feeling yeah, really happy, really good about what I just saw. Um, and and I caught things in the second and third experience both that uh just made me feel excellent about what i was watching because you know in terms of marvel and everything that i've read from when i was a kid about black panther and i kind of read the origin uh story with the fantastic four um when i was a when i was a kid and it was amazing to kind of see the character really brought to life i know we saw him in civil war but to give the complete background story and just there are so many layers to it there are so many different things that we're gonna get into so all i could say is it was just an amazing film not just a superhero film it was an amazing film so i appreciate everything that ryan coogler and the cast uh did together everything everybody who was involved with that movie should be commended because it was it was amazing so we'll go get into the next uh topic here favorite non-superhero character and this cast is so so amazing there were so many different performances so i'm very interested to hear what everybody's gonna choose so anybody besides black panther uh zach go ahead you go first um i think for me what's her what's her name okoye yeah Yeah. oh yeah she was my favorite um i just thought I kind of thought that her her character was so compelling because it was all about the throne, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. she was super conflict. Like she obviously didn't want uh, T'Challa to to lose, and and she didn't want to accept a new a new king because um because that wasn't that wasn't what she wanted. But people were like, yo, we got to do we got to overthrow this guy. And she's like, no, I guard the right. throne. Whoever's on the throne, that's <laughs> yeah. why I have to guard. And yeah. seeing the moment where where she realizes like oh no that throne is no longer his it's still T'Challa's like that moment of like okay now it's go time like i just thought that was such a cool moment and her character had so much depth in that that um i think i would go with her yeah absolutely mariano go ahead um probably uh shuri for me because it just it just in the movie every single time she was on the scene like she stole whatever scene she was in whether she said something you know witty made a joke or just show some crazy technology. It was just something crazy every single time. And I th- and I thought it was also cool that not only, you know, you had a woman in that role, but, like, you know, you to see a black woman, like, this beautiful black woman who's, like, a scientist, like, <laughs> engineer, like, genius. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what's yeah, going yeah, on, every, like, everybody felt comfortable having her around because it's like, as long as we have her, we good. Like, we can heal you. You could do this. No matter what happens to you out there, you can... So she was like the safety net for everybody. Yeah. So I, I, she was my favorite character in the whole movie. My my favorite character. Go also, ahead, Jerome. Uh, oh, oh go ahead, Jake. You I was go just because mine also was Shuri. I feel like we probably should. I don't feel like waiting because if Jerome picks another person, then I have to go back and Shuri. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I also I think that the character of the like technology expert who is witty in the hero's ear is one that like exists before. Like that's a thing that is in a lot of movies. 
but I think that it was just such a fresh take on it, and the fact that she had such a great, like, relationship with T'Challa, the, the stuff that she brought out of T'Challa and the scenes where they were together alone were, like, T'Challa's obviously a very stoic guy, because he's the king, he's Black Panther, but the scenes with them together, the way that she just could bring a lightness out of him, a lightness out of all of the characters, but also be strong in her own right, she wasn't just a comic relief, I thought it was so, like, like, I, I was not familiar with the actress's work beforehand, and I, it's very rare I see a movie where I'm just like, oh, sh- I need to see everything that she's ever done before, because <laughs> she's just electric on screen. Right, right. Right, go well, ahead, Jerome. Well, I'm also Shuri on this one. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's just everything that they said and just how brilliant she is, how she fits in the universe. She's a child, a teenager, but she's a genius. She's basically what could end up being the next Tony Stark, anything to that effect. Um, but considering that she's been spoken about at length, um, if I was going to pick another one, uh, Eric Killmonger, uh, Michael as a... Uh, Zach would like to say Michael B. Jordan. Shout out to Sean Jordan of All Fantasy Everything. <laughs> shout out to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But yeah, no, no. Uh, his, his job as Eric Killmonger, easily the best, or if not one of the best villains in all comic book movies, not even just the yeah. Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Uh, a person who creates actual change not like for the heroes of it that they do it his way but like in an honorable way is just it shows how effective he is and how great of a character he was you know it's interesting because i i originally thought killmonger was my favorite character in the movie but in terms of impact i really thought in a limited role but in terms of efficiency was heavy Sterling K. Brown's and Jobu, Killmonger's father, I appreciated the heart that he brought to the role, both yes. alive and the impact that was felt even more when he was dead, when mm-hmm. Killmonger went to the ancestral plane and he had that conversation with his father. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got a sense and it goes into like it goes really deep and it, it and it kind of it hit me in my chest when uh, when he when they the two of them had that discussion about growing up and 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 living life and stuff like that and just the plight of the plight of the inner city uh black uh, black experience uh was something that was brought up in a way that you know reminds you that even in a superhero movie that has so many different types of crazy action scenes and stuff like that they continue to hit so many emotional points and tug at so many emotional strings. And I thought Sterling K. Brown and his efficiency in this movie is incredible from the beginning dealing with uh, t- the younger version of T'Chaka. And of course, uh, as I alluded to with uh, the younger Killmonger, um, I really appreciated that role and the impact felt in, in, the, in the whole overall storyline of it. So we're going to jump to favorite scene i know a lot of people probably have some some different ones here and that should be interesting as well um mariano what's your favorite scene of this movie um you know what I, I'm, I'm gonna have to say just the all-out brawl that happened like toward the end of it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. because it just it was it was so many different elements of like all right look this all we got is us we went over there and asked them you know could we you know borrow the army 
it's just us and they were ready like and the women were right there front line ready mm-hmm. like nobody was you know like none of them backed down it's like this is just us against them this is just how it's going to be you know right. that's what it is so then when he when the you know when like the, the reserves come in that silk that i was like oh nah this shit is crazy and so <laughs> within that I, my, my one of my favorites which, which might be my favorite line of the movie scene period where he was like you gonna kill me my love and she like for this yeah like i you will that was you can crazy go. yeah like i <laughs> i love that, that one hit me just, in my chest too <laughs> yeah like it just it just showed to zach's point she's loyal to what she's lo- like she's loyal to the throne she's loyal to this that's where her heart is and that's where her loyalty lies and she went out there and laid it on the line for them and said yo i don't care who you are yeah i love you but you can die for this bro like <laughs> straight mm-hmm. up word uh, zach what about you sir you know, so I uh, I said this on my pod, but I um, like I was a hundred percent unfamiliar with Black Panther until of the Avengers movie, uh, Civil <laughs> War. Like, didn't know the character existed, um, and then like saw it in Civil War, and just had I was like everyone kind of well, not everyone, but like a lot of people kind of freaked out about like oh shit Black Panther, and I was like eh, like he's fine, like it was some, but like okay he's got some claws like. Like that, like I've seen that before, right? Like it wasn't, <laughs> right. it didn't, it just didn't. Like he had some cool fight scenes or whatever. But like it just didn't mean anything to me. So I was completely unfamiliar with him. I don't know if Eric Killmonger is actually in the comic book or whatever. Had no idea he about is. this character. Yeah. Okay, and so the first scene with Eric Killmonger in the in the museum with Woo! the artifacts and everything. Oh man, where he just like just yeah. ethers this woman, like <laughs> like just like completes that like you know what, i'm gonna take that off your hands and like oh did did the people who brought this to you like you know did they did they pay for it or whatever like <laughs> oh, oh just broke it. like i'm just gonna take it yeah. you don't even pay attention to what you're putting in your body like that whole scene i was just like holy shit like this guy is for real <laughs> yeah <laughs> go ahead yeah, go was, ahead was powerful. um this is a taste thing because it's one of my favorite types of scenes in movies but i just remember because i only saw it once so i don't remember every scene by scene but i remember just loving the scene where Everett Ross wakes up from his surgery and Shuri like does the ex- explainer of everything in Wakanda, which one is mm-hmm. done very deftly because I think you need that. Like I think that it, it, it's inevitable that you need someone to explain how all of it works. And I like how they waited pretty long for it to happen, but I think you do need it in some way. And obviously like, why is there a white guy in the movie? It's to do all of that. Um, but yeah, like I just love, it's not my favorite line. So, um, I'm not jumping ahead for our favorite line segment, but I do love how the first thing he says is, is this Wakanda? And Shuri immediately says, no, it's Kansas. And I think that that's just, <laughs> like, that just sets up a, a, a dynamic between the two of them that eventually then pays off in, like, I love the sequence where during the big fight that Mariana was talking about, where um, when you see Everett Ross make the decision when he sees that the glass is going to break and Shuri tells him to get out of there where he's like, no, I'm going to finish this. Like, mm-hmm. the whole, the first thing that, that sets up that, like, bond and, like, a belief. And I think that that was, it was done yeah. really effectively because unless point. you think about it afterwards, you don't realize that it's really just a whole exposition scene. Right. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jerome. Uh, Killmonger scene on the ancestral plane. Uh, just that whole scene there where he visits back, um, how it contrasts uh, T'Challa's experience and at the same time parallels it so well. And um, uh, not going to mark it as my favorite line, but the line where Njobu is like, no tears for me, son. And then he's like, people die every day. That's just part of life around here. It's it's so powerful. And it's probably my favorite um, scene that Michael B. Jordan 
acts throughout the whole film. I remember when I saw it the second time around, I was like, oh, this is good. He's really good in this. Because weirdly enough, the first time I saw the movie, I wasn't even that crazy about him. I think it might have been, uh, I think on the Bomb podcast they talked about, it might be the fact that he was the only one without an accent, so I just didn't think he was as good an actor. <laughs> right. But, um, no, but seeing him this time around and seeing that scene, how powerful it was, um, how it goes from him being a kid, and then it cuts back to him, and he's an adult again, and then he's uh, tears coming down his eyes. It's so powerful. It's so good. Um, my favorite scene. Yeah, for me, um, I actually really loved the the uh, the scene in the casino leading to the car chase, and mm -hmm. throughout that whole entire thing, the action in, in it was great. We even had the comedic spots with uh, Okoye losing her wig throw it at the dude and and then using her spear and of course andy circus who is who's i thought was underrated in this film a andy he was circus. soundcloud rapper andy circus is throwing up jumpers from 50 feet and i was so here for it like he is just <laughs> every decision he makes is wild yeah man he, he like that scene in general and then of course they, you know they're driving and and then the cool technology sure he gets to use where she's driving the car from yeah. wakanda <laughs> and and obviously the black panther suit the new version of the suit that can uh take kinetic energy from bullets and and stuff like that and then of course like we i saw the scene obviously in the trailer where he does the flip and the car flips but it's mm -hmm. even cooler to watch it in in the uh the whole flow of the movie and seeing how that actually came about and then of course uh Claw uses the the his his hand cannon and blows up the car and Okoye is flipping in the air and somehow yeah. she still finds a way to grab her spear and uh, even you with see, the car you seen the Kia you seen the Kia come down she's still in the seat like holding yeah. that <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty dope but you know so what real I, quick to um to yeah. Jerome's point about Michael B Jordan like being the only one without an accent I that was actually one of the things in the movie that I appreciated like the most because it just spoke mm -hmm. to the actual. The narrative of like he's so far removed from his oh, his sure. actual culture that yeah. he doesn't even talk like them. You know what I'm saying? Like I think I think if yeah. he would have had an accent because because if you know if you if you notice like his dad like he's not talking with an accent either. It's like he's hiding his accent too because it's like nah I'm I'm over here I have to blend in and you know stuff like that. So it just mm -hmm. it just kind of spoke to that role you know a little bit more. I, I appreciated that a lot that they didn't give him an accent because I think that part I would have been like okay come on like he, well there, yeah there's no way he would have because he was born right. in Sacramento exactly, exactly. how could he possibly exactly yeah. exactly right. Oakland yeah. Oakland yeah. right sorry yes yeah, you think I, about Zach I, I think we Zach, Zach on here so, yeah. I was thinking Sacramento yeah, it's not the same thing yeah Lady Bird and Black Panther are very similar movies. And can I just I, – I know this is a Black Panther podcast, but yeah, anyone who thought that Lady Bird was going to be a win for Sacramento, like, that's such a loser mentality. Don't ever think It's like hanging a division banner in an arena. Yeah, like, don't say, to, to, to be fair, Zach, you know the Kings play there, so it's like – That's true. Of, that's, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Stand oh, man. <laughs> I'm always here for Zach Harper jokes, man. <laughs> Zach opinion matters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as we as we continue to, to to move along, let's go to a quick one here. Stanley's cameo. Did you guys think that it was intrusive? And to what level, from a scale of one to ten? Uh, Zach, go ahead. I'm done with all Stanley cameos at this point. <laughs> I never think they're funny. I'm always waiting for it to happen, um, and it's and then it happens. I'm like, really? Like 
you could just kick him an extra like point on the on the the revenue or something like that. Like that, <laughs> like he needs to be in this thing again. So I, I, it's a zero from me. <laughs> Go ahead, Mariano. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I'm kind of along the same type of you know thought process with that because like. Right after it happened, I looked back and said, how did I not see that coming right there? Like, that's, that was the perfect moment for them to just slide him right in there, and they did it. So it was – as soon as it happened, I forgot about it. You know what I'm Honestly, saying? I was like, oh, I, that's what they did? I'm like, oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I was a little – I was just relieved that he wasn't a random tribesman in Wakanda, to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have walked out. I would have walked out. I would have walked a little, out. <laughs> a little problematic, to say yeah, the least. Yeah. Uh, go, go ahead, Jake. A problem I have with Stanley Cameo is the further we get along – is because correct? Uh, uh, he's in the casino, right? If I'm remembering the cameo yeah, correctly, yeah, yeah. Right, right. That he's he's so old at this point that I just don't believe that he's anywhere but at home. Like if <laughs> like he's 95 100%. years old, he is not at a backroom casino in South Korea. Yeah. Like you know what the perfect cameo for him was in Guardians of the Galaxy when he was just like the yo old, like that was right. the perfect Stanley. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I believe he was there. Or what we actually talking about on the Avengers pod, we were talking about his cameo is that he's an old guy playing chess, talking to the news in New York. I'm like, yeah, I believe that Stanley is an old man would do that. Right, he is right. not playing craps at a backroom. Yeah, I don't casino. think he's a whale. Yeah, he's yeah, not a If you have him, if you like, show him like maybe like you know. Trying to inappropriately grab his nurse—that's accurate. But other than anything else, that happened. That happened. I'm yeah, not, what, it, not, what is he not, like? Seventy-nine years old. He's eighty. He's got to be up there, right? He's, eight, oh, he's, he's ninety-five. He's ninety-five. That. He's ninety-five. Yeah. He's. Oh my God. He's ninety-five. I'm, I'm thirty-six, and it's gonna take a fire to get me out of my apartment most nights. So the yeah. fact that he is out of casino at ninety-five, I don't buy it. Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jerome, go ahead. I just completely forgot that he was in the movie. <laughs> To be perfect, see, you see what I'm saying? See, like, no, no, it was exact when Marianne was describing it, and then I knew, like, in preparing for this podcast, I had to rank, uh, rate how high I thought it was. I had to look up when does Stanley appear in this movie, <laughs> right? And then, they, and then I saw it and I played it back in my head, and just like Marianne, I was like, oh yeah, that was it, and then yeah. we just moved on. Um, it it wasn't intrusive. Uh, I think to Zach's point, it's completely unnecessary to have him at all there, but. I get why, I guess. I, yeah. I, I think all of your answers pretty summed it up for me in the sense that, yeah, I didn't really need to see him in this in this one. Um, yeah, man. No, no, no. Thanks on uh, on that particular movie. So as a quick as a quick uh, detour, when, before we get back to the actual movie, one of the biggest parts actually of the movie was the soundtrack. The soundtrack was curated and produced by Kendrick Lamar. A lot of Kendrick is a Kendrick heavy heavy uh soundtrack and what's interesting is well this is a statement when the album was first announced lamar said marvel studios black panther is amazing from its cast to its director the magnitude of this film showcases a great marriage of art and culture i'm truly honored to contribute my knowledge of producing sound and writing music alongside ryan coogler and marvel's vision what's interesting about this is ryan coogler um went to Kendrick to kind of really get him to do the the whole project. Initially, Kendrick was going to just do a few songs, but Ryan Coogler showed him the movie. And thereafter, he just got in the studio. And then within like a two-week span, um, right after he finished recording Damn, he, re- he, got, he got into the studio and did the whole Black Panther uh, soundtrack. This soundtrack is amazing. 
um, amazing sonically and uh, just a lot of different layers of different songs. I really, I really enjoyed it. I've listened to it a bunch of times, and it's even better after li- after watching the movie. Um, have have any of you guys listened to the soundtrack or listened to certain songs from the soundtrack? I have I not. Still and I listen to it. <laughs> everyone else has, so I'm just gonna d- take myself out of the conversation. No, I haven't. I, I've um, I, I've only heard uh, King's Dead, and I mean, I haven't. I, I, yeah, I don't want it to sound like pick. crazy, but I mean, I, I didn't, I really didn't have any desire to like listen to. I'll, if I'll hear it, I will hear it, but I didn't mm-hmm. go out like, oh shit, sound. I was like, mm, nah. I'll hear it though. Okay, oh, I will. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard the King's Dead, and I've heard the Scissor song. It was like <coughs> yeah. stars or something like that. Um, right, right. I've oh yeah, heard that those. appears at the end of the film too. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard those, but uh, but no, I haven't like listened all the way through yet. And I've, Jerome, I've given it a couple of listens, um, top to bottom. Uh, I remember just everyone around me was crazy about it before the movie came out. They just kept on saying, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. And I didn't get into it. And then I did. It's it's a fun album, like especially in the kind of way that um, you can listen to it without really needing the context of the film. Kind of in the right. same way you can watch Black Panther without needing the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. It's just It just works on its own. I will say I, I can appreciate uh, Kendrick Lamar's um, creativity, you know, his just passion for things like this because, you know, you 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 see the movie and then you like, you know what, this is what I'm on now and I'm about to go create for this right now. So I can I can always appreciate an artist that locks into something and goes in there and knocks it out and then you hear the reviews of it and people love it. Like I I can appreciate that. Yeah, which is kind of like a concept album for him, like which yeah. is kind of what he does anyway. He always has mm-hmm. an overarching uh, arching theme when it comes to any of his albums. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to say, like when the movie ended, the way that they 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 did the all of the stars with the cast uh, and and directors and all and everything with the their original credits, I thought was really great. It was like a great way to to close the film into the to the mid credit scene. So I just think of that song and I think of the album in general, and I think it, it's it it does actually provide some some interesting context, and you could see that that Kendrick really watched the film. And looked out for certain things and put different sounds in there, which I thought was was very interesting. So moving on, we are now arriving onto favorite line. There are a lot of great and funny lines in this movie. Um, they're all a re- all really interesting. Uh, Mariano, what's your favorite line of the movie? Mm. Damn, you know what? I, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. Go, I, you know what? Just come back to me. That's tough. I got to think about this for a second. Okay, go ahead, Zach. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite line, but I really enjoyed when Killmonger says, like, hey, when I tell you to do something, I mean that shit. <clears throat> like, I, thought, I thought that was a great Boy, line. Hey, look, I was, I was there with my wife, man. I damn near looked over at her. Like, <laughs> you, me? You, know, you know what else happened? You, you damn near walked home. Yeah, exactly. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> and when Okaya did her uh, line, did she look back at you at that point? Or? <laughs> yeah, but I think my favorite one was when T'Challa's like, you know, if you weren't so stubborn, you'd be a good queen. And she says, she says, it's because I'm so stubborn that I'd be a good queen. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. a good one, too. Yeah, it's a good one. Go ahead, uh, Jake. Uh, I, I, I usually pick the quippy lines, but I really loved the line. And I know that uh, Zach Harper and Andrew Treasure talked about it on their pod about it. Uh, the line, uh, after T'Challa is insisting to Killmonger that they can heal him, he says, why, so you can lock me up? Nah, just bury mm-hmm. me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from ships, because yeah, they knew death one. was better than bondage. And yeah, that's that like, that's, uh, 
it definitely um like his whole it definitely just it represented his like pol- his politics his ideas and i think that what was so uh complicated about it, it really represented why he's such a complicated villain because in that moment because so much of his his the way i think about him is that I disagree with a lot of what he has to say, but I know I could never convince him differently. That, like, T'Challa at that mm-hmm. moment probably does still think, like, no, it's wor- like we can work it out. Like, your life can get better. But you're not going to convince him of that. Like, he feels this deeply. Like, he, this is his tin to his core. And when you can hear a character, like, so sum up their belief system in a non-cheesy way to, like, it, it just, I don't know. I really loved it, and I thought it was really poetic. And um, I think was special for the movie because i think it really represents a viewpoint that a lot of people have i don't want to speak for the black community but i imagine that that's a viewpoint that people have um yeah so we drank henny together jake you probably could speak a little bit on <laughs> thank the you black community thank issue, you bro. no i was there i was a witness. Um, yeah um <laughs> you know what now now thinking about it honestly i think my, my favorite line because when he said it it, it, it kind of hit is when he said, um, is, is when T'Challa said, uh, in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. It was mm-hmm. just a good, it, it was a good line because, I mean, if you look at what's going on just in the real world, like, this yeah. is, that's actually a line that's like, bro, you're trying to keep people out of here when we should really be trying to, you know, build and really just build with everybody, you know, just as a whole. So that, 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 if I had to pick one line, probably that. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jerome. Uh, okay, so I had to for um, a quick one-off. Uh, I just really like when Killmonger uh, is in the. I'm not sure what you call it. Um, he's brought in, and then he sees uh, everyone for the first time in Wakanda, and he just goes, "Hi, Auntie." Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good cool one. Just, it's just, it's just, it's such a perfect thing. Especially because at that point, it's revealed what his ancestry is, right? So. Um, it's just everyone's in shock in that moment, so it's it's a great moment. But uh, the line I really like is um, when T'Challa's in the uh, in the ancestral plane, and then he's told, "You are a good man with a good heart, and it's hard for a good man to be a king." And I just like I just thought it was kind of a cliche line at first, but when I think about it now, it's just such a loaded thing because coming from his father, he, you don't know at this point, or um, T'Challa has no idea at this point that this his father murdered his brother what for what he thought was the betterment of the kingdom and right. yeah. um and to do that like he's telling him like you're gonna have to make some really hard decisions and it was supposed to be in a sense a foreshadowing but then you find out as it goes along you know it t'challa figures out a way to still remain a good man while still making the right decisions for everything and still doing the um the right thing but for so long up until that point uh you kind of get convinced that Killmonger is maybe the better king for Wakanda, <laughs> as crazy as he is. Because for one thing, he completely... <laughs> is that What's Gander? up, Boogie? Or Boogie? Yeah, Boogie <laughs> vehemently disagrees yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that timing is great. Um, but just, for one thing, he smacks him in that fight for it. Like, he throws him off the waterfall, and he already shows he's a um, physical superior. But then he's also leading Wakanda in a way that for a moment, as crazy as it sounds, you might think, oh, he might be onto something, but of course he's nuts. Um, and then, yeah, but it comes to the end. And I think starting and surrounding that line, it just, it seems more profound than it was in that moment when I heard it. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciated, appreciated that line as well. Um, honorable mention for me is a quick comedy one. Um, 
when Everett Ross is wheeled in uh, with the gunshot wound, uh, Shuri goes, praise, another broken white boy to fix. That's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> That's as, so uh, beautiful. as an ode to uh, Bucky Barnes from uh, Civil War being uh, right. healed by the Wakandans. Uh, but I thought to me, and that should going- hit me in my chest, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I yep. we are. Especially, yo, especially after seeing Zach. If you follow Zach on uh, Instagram and you see Zach after he just played basketball and he raise his arm, my like, shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach is dumb for. But I'm also, <laughs> but but at the same time, I'm playing tomorrow night. So whatever. there you go. Oh, there, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. Playing with pain, real trooper. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, just like I was saying before about Sterling K. Brown and uh, and Jobu. Um, and I know Jerome had alluded to it earlier, but yeah, my favorite line for me was uh, when Njobu says, no tears for me, son. And Eric mm-hmm. Killmonger goes, people die every day. That's just part of life around here. And that hurt, man. Like, it's like yeah. you, it's like it makes you think that there are a lot of people out there who really actually feel that way. That when somebody, when they see violence and it's just... They're just used to violence and seeing yeah. it repeat Yo, itself look, over and over. You become desensitized to it. Go ahead, Mariano. Look, no, I'm saying look no further than like your timeline on Twitter. Like when something happens, we, we're all now in this, I mean, and it's fucked up to say it, but we're all just accustomed to scrolling by like a tragedy just being like, damn. And you just it's scroll crazy. by it's to so the next true. thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Or, and it's not that you don't care and it's not that you don't, you don't, you know, later on, you don't think about it. It's just in that moment it's hard to really like take in every single little thing because 20 minutes later, something else will happen and you scroll by that too. And you talk about it for a second and then up onto the next thing. Like it's sad to say, but that's just where we are right now. Yeah. It's even even like, like you, you, you do go through that or it's, there's an issue for a day. And then the next day it's like, okay, what do we talk about? It's like, no, people still going through this. Like this isn't Mm -hmm. just a daily thing. Now, Anthony, I have a question in the comic books. Is Killmonger from Oakland or is that something that Ryan Coogler decided? There's something Ryan Coogler decided. Uh, Killmonger is a part of the tribe um, in in Wakanda. And it's funny. Every time that Black Panther defeats Killmonger, he always needs some type of help to beat him. And this is kind of similar where he kind of outsmarts him in the sense of uh, with the, what is it, the sonic disruptors on the train for the uh-huh. to stop the vibranium <laughs> suits from working. So it's kind of similar along those lines because usually killmonger is kicking the crap out of black panther in almost every storyline until somebody intervenes or he gets some type of help from somebody uh to defeat him so yeah yeah that was just that was a ryan cooper but i think that that's such more more effective especially at putting wakanda in the greater world because if it was just like Mm -hmm. an inter wakanda fight i think the stakes wouldn't have felt nearly as big whereas like to have him come from the outside, it created a great dynamic of, like, honestly, cultural struggles that I don't even fully understand, but, like, they're there rather than just, yeah. like, it would be like if M'Baku, who was great in the movie, if M'Baku was the ultimate villain, it would have been like, okay, so this whole movie takes place in a country we don't know, and we, so we really don't know what the stakes are, and it kind of is just like an yeah. inter-tribe scuffle, which might be interesting in, like, a sequel, but before we know all these characters, that's not super compelling, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, also, yeah. like, and Bomani said this on the Levitard show, but he was like, this is a very big commentary on how, like, the American armed forces end up dealing with third world countries, right? Now, Wakanda yeah. is obviously not an actual third world country, but they, it mm. is viewed that way in, you know, from the outside world of just like, yo, go in, disrupt, take over, you know, yeah. get yeah. the benefits. 
and him being from Oakland kind of set up the uh, the ending perfectly too, where T'Challa was able to go back there and say, "Nah, right. look, I bought these buildings, and this is what we're going to do. We're right. going to build from here now." You know what I'm saying? So I, I thought that was a good angle on it. No, absolutely. And yeah, to my point, continuing on on that on that whole line and the whole theme of a lot of the movie and Jobu and Jobu and Killmonger really in in, a, in their own way inspired T'Challa to change, uh, to yeah. do things differently because. Initially, at the start, T'Challa is talking with Wakabi about not wanting to get involved in affairs. Same thing with uh, Nakia. He's having the same type of situations with not wanting to get involved in uh, other countries' affairs. And then we get to the point at the end where, yeah, obviously Killmonger was purely twisted and deranged and turned evil by his circumstances, right. which leads to, ultimately, I appreciate that um, T'Challa tells his father in the ancestral plane the second time that this is a monster of our own making that we have to stop and the and you know he's able to do that but at the same time he realizes that he does become the impetus of change and what's funny about his uh mid-credit scene that uh, mariano spoke about it reminded me and it's and it's like a mirror but it's so it, it's like juxtaposed to iron man at the end of iron man where he just announces to the press i am iron man but this is different in the sense that uh, T'Challa is announcing himself and his people to the world who they really are because they've been hidden this time, and they're trying to they're they're trying to change and do something different and be different. So in a lot of ways, I think Marvel, when you think about it, the fact that they invested so much in this character and in this movie goes to tell you that Black Panther. And everything that's going to happen with it going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be very interesting because I think they really passed the torch to uh, Black Panther and T'Challa as a future leader of the Avengers. So yeah. I thought that movie did a great. I thought the movie did a great job of establishing him as a major character because he is a major part of the Avengers. He is a, he is hugely involved in a lot of the decisions and a lot of the things that happen. There are so many different storylines in the Black Panther comic that I can't wait to see what the movie um has to explore but a couple of quick hitters before we all get out of here yeah, real quick before we before we yeah, do that I, I walked away with a take from the movie that i don't know might be outside of just like the general like thought but i felt like at the end the moral was like chaos was absolutely necessary for like wakanda to yeah progress and to like to be able to help everybody out and what i mean by that is like even if you go back to civil war where his father you know was killed obviously you look at you look at this, you know, right in that moment when you see that, you're like, damn, like, you know, it's sad. Obviously, it's a tragedy. You see Killmonger come there. He, you know, defeats him. But then he, you know, he, he dropping, he's dropping his jewel. Like, yo, we need to be helping out, you know, the rest of the world. And yeah. in the end, T'Challa ended up because he's the king and because he came in with these new ideas and he went against what his what his father said when he went back there and told him, like, look, no, we we shouldn't have shut him out. We should have did this. So now he's doing things his way. And he adopted what Killmonger brought to the table. And now he's using that. Like without that chaos, I, I don't think what kind of progresses like you know that fast, or even I don't even know if it happens at all. And and I don't, I don't know, know if, if it's in that direction. And I don't know if it's an allegory for any specific political issue, but it does feel like a very realistic progression of uh, Killmonger's right that they should help other people, but he's wrong in that they should burn down the world as they do it, right? right. Like, I think that that's right. the ultimate message right. is, like, if you have the means and, like, if we're going to say that there's, like, any allegories to, like, America 
that like you could say like oh should we help other third world countries yes should we go in there by like tearing down what they have and trying to build it up again maybe not like i think that that's like the 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 that that the struggle is one that's very believable in it's not a question of complete opposite point of views it ends up being a shade of gray like I agree with yeah. what you're saying. I don't agree with the method that you're doing it. Killmonger's whole Killmonger's whole thing was like, if you go in a barbershop on a Saturday morning, that's what everybody like. That's what they would say. It's like that. Mm. We need to do this. Like we should. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I get it, but no, not like that. Like, I get what you're saying, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any 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 further any further thoughts, uh, J- Jerome? Anything on the subject? Or I right, can move on. Um, it's- just uh, jumping on what they were saying, it's kind of a scary thought at the end of there because it's such a hopeful thing in that mid credit scene that they're going to bring this to the world. But is the world willing to accept it? Is the world willing to just embrace it that way? It, similar, you mentioned Iron Man. And at the end of Iron Man, you just think, okay, Tony Stark is going to change the world with his technology and be a hero. To it, and you see how terribly it works out. Um, yeah. I would say... Uh, Black Panther and Wakanda is in a better state of mind of things, but there's also a very optimistic view about that that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect how it could end up turning out, which is interesting to see how like the franchise will go. Right. And uh, uh, yeah, I think all of what you guys said was spot on. Uh, quickly, I want to just give a quick shout out to, I know he hasn't been really mentioned, but Winston Duke as M'Baku did a tremendous job in this film. He's great. And I think he's, he's very, he's set up He's set up in the next couple of films uh, to be a major uh, opposition also, to Also, I don't think uh, we T'Challa. talked enough about Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great. Um, perfect. Yeah. Uh, great chemistry with Chadwick Boseman. Um, and also, like, his equal in a lot of ways. I think that the women in this movie, everyone said it. Like, it's not a new take. But the three main – well, the four main women, including, I forget what was uh, Angela – Ramonda? Yeah. All great characters, uh, yeah, but Lupita yeah. was great, and I know we didn't talk about her that much. Man, <clears throat> Lupita was yeah. so great, man. Jesus Christ, yo. I was kind of <laughs> hot and bothered yeah. you know, watching that movie, man. I'm not going to hold you. Like, we, like, we left. Like, you froze. We left, like, my wife and I, what we you on the way home. Yeah, we on the way home, and my wife <laughs> like, froze. <laughs> Lupita was looking good. I ain't never good. for these. <laughs> yeah, man. I, yo, we had that moment in the car. Like, nah, we got to talk about how good with people looking at that movie. It was a good movie, but we got to talk about this. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, any, any, any final on any characters that you guys wanted to mention? Any final thoughts on the movie before we get into rankings and get out of here? Um, you mentioned Mbaku. Uh, I really, it's just like a great shot. The scene where they go to him for help and it's just kind of zooming into him and you just see a silhouette standing out there with this vast background and this yeah. great world behind him. It's yeah. such a cool shot and I don't know why. I had this feeling like we need a black king in Game of Thrones to have a moment like that because that's <laughs> such a cool fucking Do they have bang. black people in king- Game of Thrones? <laughs> I, 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 don't remember I, see, I remember, I, last, I don't I remember asked, seeing a black person. I asked... Um, <laughs> They're like some, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I think yeah. Lysandra's is at least half black, but that's maybe the only okay. word I think of. All right, leader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So the last final thing that we do here is we we rank the films that we've done so far. Uh, Mario and Zach, I know 
new to this, so this may be a little bit different. So, so far, we've done Phase 1 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've done Iron Man, Iron Man 2, the Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and the Avengers. And now we have Black Panther. Um, so, I'll, I'll give it to Jake first. How would you do your rankings right now? Um, so I have Avengers number one, just kidding, uh, Black Panther's not number one, it would go Black Panther, Avengers, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, I believe is what it would be. Okay, sounds good, Honestly, Jerome? I, we don't really need to run through all of them, just say whether or not where Black Panther is, I think that that's probably yeah. the way to go. Yeah, that's fine. I think I'm going Black Panther number one for me too, uh, Avengers was this comic book fan service and was super fun, but Black Panther just when you look at it as a, the quality of it, of it as a film, it's just it's way better. And yeah, anyway, we've talked about it for the last hour as to why it's so good. So Black Panther number one. Yeah, and and I'll say also Black Panther for me is number one, and my rankings stay stay the same. Otherwise, uh, Mariano, was this the best uh, movie that you've seen from Marvel? Um, I, you know what? I, I want to say yeah because the, the the last movie that really stood out to me that made me want to watch it again immediately was uh Logan. Like as soon as I saw Logan, I was like, "Yo, this is the illest shit I ever seen." Yo, like Marvel or anything. Like, I, I love that movie. I still love it. Um, and it was hard for me to put Black Panther over it. So I, I will say that probably yeah, I, I would probably put Black Panther number one, Logan number two, and Mario. Um, I have good news them. for you. You don't need to choose because that's technically not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. There you go. <laughs> all right. Cool. There you go. Wow, it, looked, it looked Marvel to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah. So I, I'll, Zach, probably, I'll probably put Black Panther oh, yeah. number one. All right. Got you. And Zach? I need to know what Hulk we're working with here. Is it Eric Bana or is it uh, <laughs> Ed Norton? I, I want to say so the funny. worst one, but they're both not that good. So. Okay, well, I mean, Hulk is number one for me. Uh, <laughs> wait, how are we ranking these? Good to bad? Bad to good? Honestly, uh, just to good. Uh, where does Black Panther like. relate uh, to the other Marvel movies you've seen? Yeah, I think Black Panther is probably the best one I've seen. Um, I like Thor Ragnarok a lot. Yeah, uh, I love that. Oh, but I also yeah. think it, I also thought it was ruined by the trailer in that um, I wish I didn't know that the Hulk was in that movie. <laughs> that's fair. Right? Like, I, I didn't see like, the trailer. You know okay, what? Is that? so, that's yeah. a good point because I, I actually enjoyed that movie a lot. And when when I saw the Hulk, I was like, oh shit. Like I yeah. didn't know. So okay, like, yeah, that's, that's a good yeah, point. Like that's like a mid like that's like you know, three scenes into the trailer, they're like, Oh, by the way, Hulk's in this. And so like that reveal meant nothing when you actually see the movie, and I think it would have meant more had I not known. Right. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, and then after that I don't really give a shit. Right. That's that's all good. Um, so Black yeah, Panther because... exists pre-watching Ghost Rider, and then that just yeah. changes up everything after that, right? I mean, it's Ghost Rider really part. I mean, no. Ghost Rider is the best. Now, it's a separate entity. What I would say is that <laughs> so, so uh, you yeah. don't you don't have to give a shit because that's what this podcast is for. The three of us <laughs> yes. are the ones who put who take it on upon ourselves to give a shit. <laughs> See, okay, so so the last thing before we go, I, I just have to say that we we now, with the movie rankings, now have a reason to bring you two back. And I want to thank both of you, both Mariano and Zach, uh, for joining us today for this episode. It was Absolutely. really a pleasure. Thank really you. a pleasure to have both of you on. Um, I have one parting and, thought. Uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. In this, and, you know, you can take this for what it's worth. Uh, 
just as a as a white person, as a white male, let's maybe not do the the arms cross thing. You know, like the the dap and the arms. Oh. Cross. I, I don't think that's for us. Yeah. I don't think I, that's. I don't I, you know what? I'm I, not I think gonna, we should leave that one. I, I'm actually not going to be doing that either because it remind, it reminds me too much of Des Bryant throwing up the X, and I'm a Giants yeah, oh, fan, so yeah. like, I'm not. I'm out on that <laughs> completely. So I'm good. For, for Zach Harper, where can we follow you? Where can we check out your stuff, sir? Don't do it. I just don't recommend it. <laughs> Yo, um, he is at Talk Hoops. Follow him. He really does a great does a great job on the basketball friends and Talk Hoops, his own podcast. Shout out to Angie Treasure, Snark Hoops, the whole nine yards. Mariano, where can we check you out, sir? Yo, just hit me on Twitter, man. At M A R I A N N O O. Um. The other day, somebody told me. Well, a lot. always calls me the uh, the Black Zach Harper, and the thing is, a lot of people on Twitter the other day, I tweeted something about Kobe, and they was like, "Yo, did you get hacked by Zach?" And I and that's a compl- <laughs> I thought that was a compliment. What the? I'm not even anti Kobe. What the hell? No, 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 no. This is what it was. It was it was pro Kobe. I'm gonna tell you exactly what the oh, tweet okay. was. The tweet was, um, I said, "Damn, man, Kobe grew up idolizing Oscar Robertson. Now he's an Oscar Winterberson." And it was like, yo, Ooh, like, you know, that's a good one. Yeah, Hold so I, I tweeted, and I and and people tweeted me, it was like, delete this. This is the worst tweet ever. And I said, yes, like, yeah, that's, I, that's I, the I felt good. Yeah, uh, it felt good. I would say this. Uh, I like that Amin got, kind of pairs us together like that because obviously you guys have seen my hair. I've seen Mariana's hairline. Like, it, it, you know, <laughs> you know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. Actually, speaking about um, tweets, Mariano, your tweet about um, Kobe winning the Oscar and having Forrest Whitaker announce him as the Black oh, Mamba. Man, oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wanted, oh, I wanted so that good. to happen. So, the Blake Mamba. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> the Blake Mamba. Not even the Black Mamba. That's what I wanted to hear. All right. So, uh, so Jerome, where can we check you out, sir? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Black Dragon Roll. I'll be commenting most likely on a basketball friend's uh, pod post at any given point. Um, and also for this uh, podcast. And Jake? Uh, you know, you can follow me at on Twitter at the Jake Christie. Listen to my other podcast, Sorted History, which is on the Leverage of the Chat Network. Uh, yeah, I've been doing some really fun episodes. The episode that I did this week with uh, Katie Trinelli about Andy Dick was a lot of fun. So check that out. And I am Anthony Kent on the third. AC Spotlight 95 on Twitter. Selfish, the poetry book. Go get it. Go check it out. Go review it. Go rate it. Thank you guys for listening to Marvel Cinematic University. We will be talking to y'all for Iron Man 3 next. Peace. Later. Later.